cute. Have you ever thought about saying I love you to your mom? I always joke with her. I'm like, mom, do you love me? And she's like, Mm. of course. And I was like, how come you never say it? She's like, I'm too embarrassed. But she she admits oh to it. She like can't. Her her body like. Do you ask her why? She's like, I never grew up with that. Would you be mom. willing to to change that narrative for you and your family and say, okay, why don't we start now? Hi, I'm Callista Wu, also known as Kelly Star. I'm Casey Ma. Michelle K. Hanabusa. And I'm Yunj Kim. Welcome to Club Full Circle, a podcast hosted by the four of us, where we'll explore the joyous and typical parts of our relationships with our Asian and Asian American families. Stuff we couldn't discuss growing up, but we're ready to do it now within the safe space for ourselves and future generations. Join us on our journey to come full circle. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Yoonj Kim. I'm a journalist, most recently an MTV host covering politics and social issues. And I am excited to come full circle and do this podcast because I have a lot of unresolved issues with my family still, and I don't want to pay for a therapist. Hi, everyone. My name is Callista Wu, also known as Callie Star. I am an attorney, a recording artist, an entrepreneur, and also a Web3 builder. I think that it's important for me to come full circle because there's a lot of generational blessings that I want to unpack as well as generational trauma that I want to heal from. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's uh, just been so much busyness in my life that I haven't had enough time to really sit and process some of these things that I think are really important. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. My name is Casey Ma. I am a Twitch streamer, content creator, entrepreneur, and reality TV star. I want to come full circle on this podcast because I've actually had a lot of generational trauma throughout um, growing up as a kid, and I've definitely put in a lot of work through therapy and have applied these um, knowledge and these skills to my career and my love life, and I'm hoping to share my love story and journey in my career with everyone else. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle K. Hanabusa. I'm an entrepreneur, designer, and community advocate. I'm really excited about coming full circle because I want to be able to contribute to something greater than myself. And in order to do that, I believe that we must know and love ourselves first. And this is my continued exploration and effort for self-discovery to figure out my identity, my purpose, and how I can contribute for the greater good. All right, so our first episode is going to be something that might be hard for some of us to talk about. It's definitely hard for me to talk about because I haven't really thought about it that much. It's the first time that we remember our parents saying, I love you. Because like for me, I grew up in a Korean immigrant household and we didn't really express that. I think the best way my parents expressed love to me was like, buying me food and like taking me grocery shopping and buying me treats. So I can't really say, and that's also why one of my earliest I love you memories is pretty stark. I was in middle school and my mom would pack me lunch and she just wrote like, I love you on the brown bag she packed. Mm. And I like opened it. I saw it and was like, oh, that's so cute. And then My Korean friend, Michelle, a different Michelle, (laughs) she was sitting next to me and she was like, oh my God, like, 
it's so cool your mom says I love you. I don't remember the last time my mom said I love you. And I was like, I don't really know why she said wrote this either because she doesn't, I, we don't really say it to each other. But Have you I asked just, her about it? Actually, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if something happened that week or like she felt like I needed support or whatever, but it was sweet. I wonder if she even remembers that she said that. Maybe she not. wrote it. Maybe not. Maybe she feels more comfortable writing it versus mm. saying it. Mm. Just yeah. a thought. I don't know. For sure. Yeah, that's how I feel with my parents still. Like, I don't know if how much you guys communicate with your parents today, but, like, the bulk of my communications with them is on Kakao Talk, which is, like, the Korean WhatsApp. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Your mom was also a career woman, right? She was a journalist. She so. was. She was an anchor woman. So did that factor into how much time she spent with you and how she was able to communicate? Was it, like, you did she drop you off at school or did she have someone – drop you off and then that was the only way to kind of like send that message to you that day she by the time I was in middle school she was a stay-at-home mom because she Mm. basically when we moved to the states she had to give up her job because you know she sounded like a foreigner Mm -hmm. and like she couldn't be an anchor Mm -hmm. woman in in America anymore Mm -hmm. but I don't know maybe that was like the beginning of like her also realizing like hey we're in America maybe I should express this more yeah that's that's so interesting when you say like because we're in America, we should express this more. Because right. my, my parents were not first generation. I was first generation. They were immigrants mm-hmm. also. So it was really a battle of, you know, growing up in America. And they kind of brought me up in a very, like, Caucasian neighborhood. So I was one of few Asians there. And all of these families, they expressed love all the time to their children. Mm-hmm. They would have, like, dinner together. They would say, I love you. How was your day? Like, those two things were never really talked about. You know, I love right. you or, like, how was your day? Mm. Right? These these words of affirmation that were missing as, right. a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was a struggle um, understanding why my parents never said these things. And mm-hmm. I really took it to heart and I thought it's because they didn't care. Because I was like, how come my friends' parents care about them but mine don't? At that time, I didn't understand actions. I didn't understand that that was all that was needed to demonstrate love. Right. I thought we needed, like, verbal confirmation mm-hmm. in order to kind of receive that. Um, and it, it really wasn't until college that I realized, like, you know, they did really love me. Mm-hmm. And then I felt so bad for all of this, like, almost built-up hatred I had against them. Wow. And, like, thinking that, you know, I wasn't really thought about. And my woman, uh, my woman, my mom and my dad <laughs> were very career-oriented. They both yeah. worked full-time. And... To the point where, like, I would have to walk to the library across the street from my school and stay there until, like, 6 or 7 p.m. to be picked up. So I just thought, I just felt, like, abandoned almost sometimes. Yeah. Because I was always, like, the last one to leave the library. Like, everyone's parents picked them up earlier. And then I was, like, by myself. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, really lonely and, like, pretty depressing. So how did you realize in college, like, when did you, how did you come to that moment when you're, like, wait, my parents do love me? Yeah, so... I think they gave me money, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to eat. And, like, that was nice. No. I'm not even joking. My my dad was like, here's a credit card. It has, like, this amount of, like, limit on it. He's like, don't spend it on anything else but, like, food. Right. And groceries and your books. Like, your school stuff. And I was like, so I can't go shopping with this? And he's like, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so he cares about my necessities. He cares about me surviving. Right. He must love me, right? Oh, my god. <laughs> That's interesting because yeah. even that wasn't 
wasn't words of affirmation. It was like right. like a gift or like act of service. It was like providing for you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so then I was like, okay, so I have to receive a gift in order to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why gift giving is one of my love languages today. Mm-hmm. It's because it probably started as a as a young age in college when my parents were like, here's right money to live off of, you know. So mm-hmm. that to me is like if they care for my well being, the shelter over my head, and food on my table, like. They love me. Right. Whereas, like, obviously, when you're in their house, you don't receive, like, the money and then go buy it yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think, like, through the act of actually going grocery shopping and being like, wow, like, some of my friends can't even afford this. Mm -hmm. Or, like, they have to care about their budget, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, the fact that I don't have to worry about it, Mm -hmm. like, that's a blessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they just give you a credit card and they're like, okay, as long as it's all necessities. You're good. Like there was no yeah. Cap. Honestly, my dad was kind of strict though, so he kind of like printed out the transactions and emailed uh-huh. it to me every month. And he was like, That's "Can you wild. just yeah?" He was like, "Can you just verify that each of these are necessities?" Well, he's in finance, right? So yes, like, wow. he's in finance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he would like highlight the ones that he questions that yeah. maybe you know it's like a company, and you're like, "What is that?" <laughs> and like, no, dad, it's like a Korean supermarket. <laughs> you know, he's like, "That's not a book," <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I realized it. Did they ever say I love you? Or do you remember your mom or dad saying those words in Um, English or Chinese? I don't remember when they said it, but I do remember when I first said it. And, oh, God, I think maybe when I, like, went back home to visit in college. Mm -hmm. And even though we only lived, like, 40 minutes away from each other, the visits were only, like, once or twice a year. Oh, wow. Um, So, basically... I think, like, when I went home during the holidays, um, I was just, it, it started with just love you. I couldn't say I. Like, mm-hmm. that was, that took mm-hmm. too much yes, personal, easier. you know, yeah. issues that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, okay, guys, um, I, I would, like, lean in for hugs, and I'd be like, love you, bye. And then my, my brother's like, uh. What did you just say? <laughs> yeah. Okay, love you, too. Like, it was so awkward. And then my, I don't think my dad said it yet, but my mom definitely like said it first too, Aww. like within it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like my dad was like hesitant to give the hug and it was so awkward. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, are you going to, should we? He's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's always that. Pat, my back. Yeah. that. Oh, it was so awkward. There's nothing more cringe for me than like, yeah, thinking about a hug, like, affection with my parents mm-hmm. like not in a it's just because I'm so not used to it yeah I like totally identify with your awkwardness it's so awkward but like with my friends in real life I have no so problem easy. hugging them kissing yeah. them on the cheek mm-hmm. like snuggling with them like yeah. nothing is an issue mm. it's so crazy so now it's like as adults I feel like we have to almost reflect back and yeah. pick up these things that we learned with our friends and apply that with our family because sure. it's a really good way to, you know, show them love in, yeah. like, our way, our Americanized kind of way. Like, I never grew up with it, and I was so upset, and I was so sad that all of my, like, white friends mm. in L.A., they received so much, like, affection and gifts mm-hmm. and, like, oh, my God, my children's the best, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was a professional figure skater, right? And mm-hmm. so I was just, like... Like, you know the tiger moms, and totally dads, but yeah. like, mm-hmm. they were that on the ice, and so I felt like I had a job mm-hmm. for so yeah, long, like job. at an early age, like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and yeah. it's interesting because they never like deliberately 
said it to me like Mm -hmm. oh you need to like win and be perfect and all that kind of stuff but I can feel that energy Mm -hmm. like because they wanted to be proud of Mm -hmm. my child yes right then I finally made it to nationals and I'm like competing and I'm like backstage I'm so fucking nervous right and then my dad I I felt like he felt he he like sensed it and like gave me the biggest hug that I've ever had Mm -hmm. I'm on the ice already too like I'm literally about like my name's getting called right and then he goes like I love you and I just froze. Oh, so like, cute. Damn. Like, I, 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 I did, I couldn't move. And then the yeah. entire routine, like those four minutes I was, like, competing, like, mm-hmm. that's all I kept on thinking about. Wow. It was like. Did you do good? I did. I, I think I won. I think okay, I won. Okay, this story you need to retell your dad. So he oh, understands right. the yeah, impact but I can't. of what he said. And, and then I, ne- I, I never said it back. You're going to do it one day. I believe you know. You. Um, Maybe you can have him listen to this episode. I know. I, I was just thinking about that too. I was like, mm. ooh, <laughs> but that would be cute too. Mm-hmm. You know what's really interesting? My grandma, she's getting a lot older, and she's like starting to have dementia. She's mm-hmm. been saying "I love you" a lot wow. to oh. me, and I've never experienced like that. consciously. Or do you I think, think she's in her dementia when she no, says I that? No, I think I think it's conscious because she'll call me. And we're not even, she's like, hello, I just want to hear your voice. I'm like, hi, grandma. And then she goes, all right, love you. Or I love you. Or she goes, I love you. Oh, my God. God. And then she hangs up. So it's like, we don't even have a conversation. She just just wants you to know that she loves you. Yeah, it's really sweet. Oh, my gosh. That was actually more shocking than witnessing Well, I've never heard my mom say anything. Yeah. (laughs) My dad. I love you. No. She gets really embarrassed. Interesting. I don't know if like my grandma's conscious of like right. That's so yeah. cute. She's been in your upriser videos, right? She's, yes. Yeah, it's that one. She's so hip. She's so, <laughs> she's so cute. Have she's you ever star. thought about saying I love you to your mom? I always joke with her. So I'm like, Mom, do you love me? And she's like, mm. Of course. And I was like, How come you never say it? She's like, I'm too embarrassed. But she she admits oh to it. She like can't. Her her body like. And do you ask her why? She's like, I never grew up with that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It feels very American. So she's like, first, or she immigrated here. Yeah, okay. Right. My dad's third generation. Mm-hmm. Still ha- haven't heard that. So like, you would think that as a fourth generation Japanese American, mm. I would like mm-hmm. have these things because mm-hmm. I see my peers who are fourth gen mm-hmm. JAs mm-hmm. be so open. Yes. Not yeah. talking about anything, mm-hmm. right? Like sex, drugs, all of that. Mm-hmm. And you cannot, feel like you're cannot not. say any of those things. Would you be long. willing to to change that narrative for you and your family and say, okay, why don't we start now? My body locks up. Every I just time saw I think that, about too. That. You're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was very physical. And I don't know why. And I think that's why I love this conversation because yeah. maybe we get to unpack yeah. that. Start with breathing. Yeah. <laughs> like, let that energy before I say you. that to my Exactly. <laughs> but I love how you've open the conversation by asking, right? Mm-hmm. So she has the opportunity to respond and it's not just like it's unsaid and like, you know, you're like asking, you're like kind of putting yourself out there to be like, I need love from you, mom. Like mm-hmm. I would love yeah. love, love from you. The phrasing is there. Yeah. Right. And the intention. And that's really brave. That's really mm-hmm. brave to like be vulnerable enough to ask, like, do you love me? To anyone, mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. alone your mom. Right. I think for, sure. for me, my, my relationship with my parents is very different now. They're right. very affectionate now. Whereas, but it came from a place of like my childhood was very cold and very lonely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was very busy trying to like make a name for himself, running businesses. My mom mm-hmm. was an optometrist, but my dad wanted her to stay at home. And I never really felt like she wanted to be home. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another mm-hmm. thing. Kids can sense that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I felt almost like resentment and maybe she felt alone. And so like maybe the kids ruined her life or, or I, I don't know. This is just the feeling that I had. It, mm-hmm. it probably is not her perspective, but as a result, like, my brother and I, we felt very alone and it was very cold and lonely. So mm-hmm. I used to tell myself, like, I'm an orphan. Like, I would wow. always say, like, I'm an orphan. I have no fa- like I have no family. That was your defense mechanism. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like, I always just told myself, like, I'm alone. And then I remember, like, Aladdin, like, the diamond in the rough. And I was like, I'm the diamond in the rough. Oh, like, oh I would, like, say these things, like, oh, to myself, like, at night. Oh. Um, but I think that's why I turned to, like partners or to find love and like affection somewhere else like that's why I was teacher's pet like Mm -hmm. because I was like that's my validation like Mm. and then I I found like some kind of validation when like I was pretty or I did well and Mm -hmm. then people would like in church or be like oh you must be so proud of your daughter she's so pretty she's Mm -hmm. dressed so well like she did so well she's so smart and I was like oh well that's how I need to live then right like and that's to bring honor to my family to like represent them well Mm -hmm. that's like the only kind of love that I know. Um, so I, I find that, like, it's affected a lot of my relationships. And it took, like, dramatic things in my life and my brother's life to make my parents realize, like... Like what? Like, my brother was had a, a bunch of personal issues where, like, my dad had to fast and pray. And, like, it was, it was a lot, like... Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he, like, lost a bunch of weight, and I was like, what is happening? Um, like, they were seeking, like, prayer from, like, all these pastors coming to our house, like, all the time. Meanwhile, I was in an abusive relationship in high school, like, running away because I was like, this is not my family. Like, why am I even here? Like, I can't wait to, like, leave. I can't wait to, like, move out. So I think it took, like, that, and then I went to college, and I, you know, rebelled, and I think when I would come home from college, I remember my mom like crying by my bedside sometimes and being like, Callie, I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? Like, I love you. Aww. And I was just like, go away. Like, don't bother me. <gasps> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like I too that. much too late. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, who do you think you are? Yeah, like, you're trying to be my mom now? Yeah, like, yeah. how dare you right now? Yeah. And I think she, my dad would tell me that she would cry all the time being like, <laughs> how did my relationship with my daughter like get this bad? And it was pretty bad. Like... I think she, but the thing is, like, she, when my it's interesting because, like, Michelle, you're talking about like your your parents like didn't know any different. My mom always says like, I can't give you what I haven't received myself. So then I look at like what her upbringing was like, mm-hmm. and and me too. I can't give like something that I don't have. Right. So I have to figure out like how do I find love? Like how do I get love? So my mom actually, like, spends a lot of time praying to get, Mm -hmm. like, what she feels like is love from, like, God, you know, supernaturally. And, like, then she has the strength to, like, show my dad love, show my brother love, show me love, and then, like, soften my exterior. And so I feel like it's been a whole process for me and my family. And it's still hard. Like, my dad is, like, gifts, like, acts of service. Mm -hmm. My mom sometimes, like, when I go visit her, she'll be like, oh, hug goodbye. And I'm like, okay. You know? (laughs) Like, I'm not a really big personal touch person, probably because of, like, the abusive relationships or whatever. Like, we can later but um but yeah I think I think it's been like a focus of me in my life to like really try to heal and make an effort because Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of work and it's been like I think over a decade or two yeah yeah me too over a decade of work yeah Yeah. do you think that's why you're also religious because you stayed religious or you believe 
or you have a faith? Yeah, I mean, I think. Or is that like kind of I think, not super related? Well, I th- <laughs> so my family's like very like I think sixth or seventh generation like Christian on like both sides. But like when I went to church, mm-hmm. it was like rules, right? Like more like formula things you do, and I, and I think that's kind of like how my family was too. Like this is rules. Like we just go. It's like cultural. Like this is good. This is bad. Like mm-hmm. very performative and like performance based, right? And so and there was like less of a focus of like this is a relationship with Jesus or this is like actually like what Christianity it was more about like the the shell of it Mm -hmm. and so I rebelled because I was like well after my abusive relationship I was like this is stupid I'm not qualified I'm not good I'm not like pure I'm not worthy of like you know this like I'm not I I guess maybe I discounted myself from like being Christian um, because I didn't fit into that stereotype and then I think it took like um, my parents like reaching out, giving me time and space. It took other people mm-hmm. like for me to see like there's more to like religion or Christianity than just like these rules and like mm-hmm. fakeness. And so I mm-hmm. think, I think um, it's kind of in parallel actually. It's interesting yeah. that you brought that up, right? Because yeah, when you were saying like they can't give what they haven't received and yeah. they get that love from their faith. My mom is completely different. Like, her face oh, yeah. used to be so hard. And now she looks like... People are like, she's the sweetest woman ever. And I was like, she would never used to be like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, it's her countenance has completely changed. Like, her demeanor yeah. has changed. Like, she, like it's completely, like, saved, I think, our family. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Do you believe that they love you now? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't think that you're an orphan anymore? Or you don't tell yourself that, like... Or any, like, sort of defense mechanism like that? I think it still is an issue for sure. Like, I think sometimes I, like, have a hard time accepting their help. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like I need to um, still perform. Um, Sometimes I'm like, oh, they're immigrants and, like, they've done better than me. You know, like, how come I'm still struggling? How come I, like, I have all these benefits that they, like, sacrifice Mm -hmm. for. Like, how come I'm not better? How come, like, I still have problems that they're solving for me? Like, I have, like, a lot of health issues, like, near-death experiences. And, like, they have a lot of trauma because of me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I wish I were a better daughter to them. Like, I wish I could, you know, live in this box and, like... You know, they're like, why'd you give up, like, you know, big law and, like, you know, being a law firm partner mm-hmm. to, like, you know, do this music stuff, which is, like, so hard and, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not financially secure. Yeah. Like, you know, so I put them through a lot. So it's yeah. still, like, there's a lot of issues still. We're not there yet, but definitely way better than, like, us hating each other, like, actually hating each yeah. other. That's yeah. good. I mean, it That's... seems like you guys are both working on yourselves and it's going to help, like, mend the relationship long term. And that's, like, what's mm-hmm. really, really important. Like, I remember when I started seeing therapy, it was, like, freshman year of college. I also date, I also had an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Um, I dated a sociopath. And basically, Fun. he was, like, my validation and a secure man who would give me all the words of affirmation that I wanted and the love that I thought I was mm-hmm. receiving from him. Um, I actually wound up being the other girl, and I didn't find out until, like, seven oh, years later. Seven years? Seven years? Yeah. Like, he decided, like, his guilty conscience to, like, what? FaceTime me one day and tell me this. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And then he disappeared. I'm so mad for you. He yeah. disappeared also without telling me. So, for, like, a year, Girl. I just did not hear from him. Yeah, so, it was oh terrible. Goodness. It was traumatic. Like, I'm it was, sorry. It was Holy. extremely traumatic, and that's yeah. why I started going to therapy. Right. But I hid behind. fucking asshole. Yes, and I hid behind my schoolwork, and for the first time in my life, I was getting, like, a C in math. 
hello, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and I was Especially like, not math. No, exactly. And I was an econ major, so like, what's going on? Wow. And then my even my dad was like, uh, are you good? And I was like, mm. um, no, but I couldn't tell him about the relationship because I knew it was bad, but I couldn't get out of it. Like, I don't know how to explain that, but... Wait, how old were you? I was freshman year of college. So, so that's like but for seven yeah. years. Yeah. It was it was like in high school when you started dating him. No, no, no. Like seven oh. years later, in my adulthood, when I was like twenty something, he decided to tell me that I was actually the other girl the whole time. Oh, I thought you dated for seven no, years. No, no, we dated for like oh, two, two and a half. Oh, that's still a long time. It's back still then. a long yeah. time, oh gosh, yeah. especially at a young age. Right. Um, Do you think you're gonna get married if you stay together? That exactly. Long? Oh yeah, he was like yeah. love bombing me and like telling me that he wanted to marry me and like talked about rings and stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's 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 do it. Do it. Well, not right now, but like let's yeah, we could talk about that, you know. But yeah, it started to bleed into my schoolwork. Right. And like it was like my cry for help that mm-hmm. it was like affecting my schoolwork enough where I was like I was like, Dad, I have you like, do you know what therapy is? Mm. And he's like, What the f- what the hell is therapy? He's like, <laughs> he doesn't even believe in mental health issues. Yeah. Like he's just like, what is mm-hmm. that? He's like, I don't understand even why now you- or then. Then. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, why can't you just understand that, like, people have issues no matter what socioeconomic status they're in. Right. They can still struggle from, like, depression, anxiety, trauma, all these things. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't understand why you can't just, like, forget it or and move on. Like, and every day is a new day. He's like, why can't, like, I don't get it. Like, you fail this day, but just study harder. Mm-hmm. But there's so many mental blocks that I can't, I can't, I couldn't focus on school because I was like in love with this crazy guy. Right. So yeah, it was like I kind of hid it under my schoolwork to seek help for myself because I was trying to heal from this like damn crazy guy that disappeared on me. Good on you for knowing yeah. that you needed that help though. Like it's just, it's just crazy like how I now realize that was when I needed help. Otherwise, I wasn't going to succeed in life. Mm. And that's how I found out mental health was really important. Mm-hmm. But yes, back then, that's that's I was definitely very codependent in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, they stood by me all the time. And right. they, like, said all these really nice things and words of affirmation. But, like, I felt like I was not happy unless I was in a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, they were my life. They were my everything. Everything I did, like, I felt like I had needed their permission or they needed to know, mm-hmm. you know, I had, like, no sense of independence whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, I do sometimes um, blame, like, my dad for, like, kind of raising me, like, almost like the opposite of that way for me trying to seek that in an extreme. Right. Um, and I look back on his past and history, too. He was, he had a single mom mm-hmm. who raised, what, like, 11 oh. kids. In, in, like, wow. Hong Kong, and it, he, like, was very, very poor. Like, very poor. Right. Like, he had to fight for his life every day. Mm-hmm. Like, he lived in these these crazy apartments that were not really apartments. Yeah. They were pretty hard. They were, like, 200 square feet. Yeah. And yeah. Like, 11 beds. kids. Yeah, That's like, crazy. 11 kids. Yeah. Like, there were people, like, shooting up drugs, like, in their staircase. They didn't have a kitchen. They had a grill outside that I've they would pictures, share. Yeah. yeah, those pictures Hong in the Kong history books. Wow. That's, like, where my dad's you know, family lived and his dad was an alcoholic and he left for a mistress. Like he barely saw his mom because his mom was working for everyone. She couldn't afford to send everyone to school. So she would try to send like the oldest male to the youngest male to school. Never could send any of the the girls to school. So it's like he also didn't receive that fatherly love. Yeah. So once I realized that Mm -hmm. I understood 
it wasn't his fault. Yeah. And that was the hardest right. thing mm-hmm. to accept that it's not his fault mm-hmm. when I was blaming him my whole life yeah. right. for treating me so badly. Yeah. But what I've realized is your past trauma, you can change what you do in the future. It's true. Mm-hmm. So it's like as much as you want to blame them, you can change how you receive their actions and hopefully, you know, they're going to want to change eventually too. Right. I love what you just said and like how how do you get that courage to make that first step? Because I feel like I yeah. understand like where my family's coming from or what my dad has been through and why he certain certain actions that he's he took when I was younger has mm. still affected me till this day. Mm. So it's like we have this like weird like invisible wall between us. So I'm that needs tra- to be addressed. I'm, I'm, that needs to be addressed, and I can't. Like I yeah. can't get myself to do it. Um, but it's like, how? Like, what is your process of like making that first step? It's scary as hell. And you know how like before you make the jump into being an entrepreneur or being a career woman or just you know, it makes you nervous and that feeling in your heart where you're just like your heart is pumping and in that moment. You kind of are like, I need to be uncomfortable in order for change to happen. Mm -hmm. And you have to accept that also, like, about yourself, right? It's like, I didn't want to say I love you. Like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. That's so weird and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But, like, what's the worst thing that can happen if you say I love you? They're just going to They could not say it back. (laughs) They could not say it back. (laughs) But then you can just be like, but do you love me? Because you ask those questions. You ask the secondary questions. I ask it to my mom because I feel more comfortable asking her. Yes. But then I can't do it with my dad. If you can be an advocate for, like, the entire Asian-American community, <laughs> girl, you got this with your your mm-hmm. Asian mom. I'm telling you, like, mm-hmm. that courage that it took for you to get to that point, just pour that energy into the one person that you really care about. And I feel like it's going to make a whole difference. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see it trickle into, like, your changes in the future. But I totally relate with your fear of making that first step. Yeah. Internalizing that. Casey's message and then just like it's almost like you need to do a shot before yeah oh my gosh does your oh, dad drink oh drink before no. he, to, he also drinking. doesn't drink he's not no no okay <laughs> actually no hold on but he you can't get he just, he just started drinking which is <laughs> yeah. the funniest thing perfect <laughs> does he have he, Asian glow no drinking with your parents is a total game changer okay. yes like so have you, like, have you done that before yeah, and it makes it easier to talk it does make it, it easier makes, it's just you know maybe it's ultimately unhealthy and we should be able to express ourselves fully without any substances or alcohol Mm -hmm. but like for us I think it's if it's the only way it should be the way and we should try to find a way to make it work liquid courage my my partner has been kind of like the gateway for me Mm -hmm. yeah in any of these like family settings he'll go beyond like what is like technically appropriate to ask cool girlfriends Parents. parents. Mm. But it, it opens up conversations that I've never heard my parents talk about. Mm. Right. Yeah. And he probably does he that intentionally. That like to help you. Yeah. Not because yeah, he's, he's rude or right, whatever. Right, right, right. It's, it's definitely never rude. He, right. He, like, loves my, he loves my parents. But it's interesting because, like, he's always... Like what? I love you. I love you to his family. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I wish I could just say that mm. on the phone every time I hop off the call with them. You uh-huh. Know? What if one time you just tried it? I'm not there yet. <laughs> oh, you know what you should do? You should, like, think of a reward system. Like, if you say, I love you, you're going to go shopping for yourself. I and like, like that. Buy, trip. buy a you pair know, of shoes or something. I started giving emoji, like, heart emojis on, via text. <gasps> Ooh. That works. How about the I-L-Y But it's not part? a red one yet. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, another color. Send the red one today. 
Today's your day. Buy a shoelace with that. Is it black? You know what I was thinking? Uh, like, the worst thing that I love you could could give you back is silence, right? But the best thing that it could give you is, like, the most positive relationship with your family for the rest of your life. I, I almost feel like I'm afraid of that side. The positive relationship. The positive yeah, part. Like, I'm like, I don't strange even know what weird. that looks like. Mm. But, like, that's, like, scary. You'd rather be... More just with like a familiar in my own comfortable zone right now. I'm just like mm. zero affection. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's the unfamiliar is scary. Like it is people scary. are comfortable yeah. where they're at, even though they know they could be better or deserve better. Yes. It's like I don't know if you all feel this way, but like I feel way more comfortable opening up about any sort of business work related topics. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Than any personal thing. Oh yeah. All yeah. my phone calls with my dad are about it's business. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single mm-hmm. time. Even after all of this work. Mm-hmm. that we've done we still say i love you at the end but like that's it's, awesome the call's always prefaced with right um so how's your how's your business doing can we have a meeting about like where you're at but yeah you have meetings yes yeah, so we have meetings i love that about like business updates like I, i'm like i need to get I'm my like, dad on that no don't train. it's weird <laughs> <laughs> but there was one time this spring like I, I, sometimes a traumatic event has to happen in order for like this catalyst like of the right. I love you so as you know like my my mom she got sick four years ago four or five years ago and it was like through that we learned over time the value of I love you because mm. any day could be your last so you want those last words to be I love you which by the way were my last words to my mom so I'm really really happy that I learned how to say it mm-hmm. before it was too late you know and the last, he was really depressed for like almost eight months. He couldn't sleep, you know, after she passed last mm-hmm. year. And he couldn't sleep. He was like barely eating. He lost so much weight. He was running mm-hmm. a lot. So he looked like he had like almost runner's anorexia looking body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? And then I like go home to visit on April on my mom's anniversary, her death anniversary. Mm-hmm. And I could just see how like depressed he was. And I really gave it my all. He drank so much that night. Like, mm-hmm. the more emotional, the more vodka. Like, let me tell you. Yeah. But I was, like, saying, like, Dad, I really care about you. I want you to seek help because I can't see you like this. Uh, he, I was like, you need to love yourself, like, Damn. really, really hard. Yeah. As much as you love Mom, you have to, hard, like, love yourself, too. And And then I was, like, telling him about all the friends I made here. And he was like how do you do that? Like he had no idea. Mm -hmm. And I was like, friends are really important because when you don't have your significant other, when you don't have your parents around, when you don't have your family, Mm -hmm. like you need to rely on your friends and like therapy to receive that self-love and that therapy, you know? Mm -hmm. So he like eventually turned a new leaf. And at the end of like a four hour conversation, he was just like, okay, I think you're right. He's like, maybe I do need to see someone Mm. but it took years yeah like he's what 67 or whatever like all these years i've been telling him to go to therapy but so lucky to have you first of all i mean he's so lucky to have a daughter like you oh you're so sweet to like have not just have the tools but like the courage yeah and the Mm -hmm. ability to approach him like that that is full circle it was it was really hard because like my brother lives with him and he's older like how come he hasn't had that conversation with him but I feel like for guys, it, is, I think. it is hard in general, but it's like I just wanted him to change so badly because I couldn't mm-hmm. see him like that. Yeah. And 
Yeah, like one time he called me um, like recently, like three months ago. And I was like, my business is fine. What's up? Like, <laughs> how how you doing? It we're still making the prototype. <laughs> and then he's like, Yeah, I just wanted to call you. He's like, I started uh, calling my male friend back, and like we're hanging out now. And I'm like, Did you just call me to tell me this? And he's like, Yeah, I was just wondering, like, how do you make more? <laughs> so cute. Wait, that's oh so my gosh, cute. Casey, yeah. that's amazing. But, like it all started with the I love you is what I'm saying you know it's like mm-hmm. now he appreciates what I can contribute to the family even though I felt like I was contributing nothing for so long mm-hmm. right because I always felt like I wasn't enough like career wise money wise success wise mm-hmm. like I didn't I wasn't a lawyer a doctor a finance person you know and but I think he sees that I give in a way that like almost like I'm like filling the void of my mom mm-hmm. like that feminine energy of care love and emotion and support which is like, you know, you can give to anyone. Um, but eventually, you know, they will they will recognize it if you keep trying. Well, yeah, so, you're yeah. filling in your mom's face, but also like providing him like more emotional tools that you learned just being in your generation mm-hmm. that she and he didn't have access to, you know, because they were right. so busy surviving in Hong Kong, wherever we're from. Literally from Asia. surviving. They couldn't think about like it's, affection. They didn't have time for that. They yeah. were just trying to live, you mm-hmm. know? So that's why I like what you said earlier about realizing that it was not his fault that he couldn't give you affection. That was so huge. Like that was a big realization for me too. Like you just, yes. some people find out, actually I think a lot of immigrant kids or third culture kids realize this earlier in their lives than others. The fact that you are better than your parents at something. You know, I think that's a huge moment in mm-hmm. adult development, like mm-hmm. that moment when you're like, I can do this better than mom and dad. Like, because we grew up here where I spoke English better than them. You know, mm-hmm. I would help them order stuff at the restaurant at like seven. I came to that realization like subconsciously. It was just like a part of me, you know, like I need to do this for my family. Like they are dependent on me. Mm-hmm. And that was like such a huge burden. And also like... I think deep down, deep down, something to grapple with. Like, I'm not better than my parents. Like, I can't have that resentment to them, but like accepting them in that situation. You know, like we, yeah. there is this imbalance, so to speak, because of our situation and not because of who they are. Yeah. If that makes sense. You don't get to choose how you grow up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you have to take what you're given and play the game of life as best as you can. And you just have to try your hardest. And that mm-hmm. could involve your parents, your significant others, and yourself. You you just can't blame anything about right. your past, about your past, about mm-hmm. your parents' past. But it's just best to come from, like, a point of understanding. For sure. It just so, <sighs> why not? It's yeah. amazing the power of, like, a parent's love, mm-hmm. right? Like, so many things in our lives, we just want love. Yeah. Is that our next well, homework assignment? Yeah. I think that'd be good. <laughs> I mean, you can have a little bit longer. Okay. But we don't have an excuse. We Mine will be by tomorrow. the end. <laughs> I will start off with the red heart emoji. And then by the yes. end of our season, that will be my goal. What? Wait, the red heart Texting emoji the, or the actual saying I verbal love you. saying I love you? No, no, no. I'll, I'll text the red heart today. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of this season, whenever that is, that will be my goal. To say I love you. I've never had... Yes! I love this goal, actually. I've never had someone, yes. like, put significance on the color of the hearts before. <laughs>
Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Stay tuned. Bye. 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 Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and you can find us on social media at Club Full Circle. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.